0: Hello everybody, this is Dan Trotter, Pretty Good Bible Studies. I'm in Mark chapter 10. I'm going to finish up the chapter going through verses 52 from verse 46. This is the story of blind Bartimaeus and his healing at Jericho. We're in the midst of Jesus' Perean ministry. He's on his way, having gone through Perea, Galilee, Samaria, to Jericho, and he's on his way back to Jerusalem where he's going to be crucified. So we start with Mark 10 verses 46 through 52. I'll, I'll use that as we go through and point out to you that we have two parallel passages, one in Matthew 20 verses 29 through 34 and one in Luke 18 verses 35 through 43. So we will start in Mark and I'm just going to read the whole thing, the whole passage from Mark as a background. Mark 10 verses 46 through 52. They came to Jericho they is Jesus and his disciples. And, his, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, with his disciples and a large crowd, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, Mark explains that Bartimaeus is Hebrew for son of Timaeus. Mark often explained the Jewish terminology for his Gentile audience. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Many people told him to keep quiet, but he was crying out all the more, Have mercy on me, son of David. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, Have courage. Get up. He's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and ran and came to Jesus. Then Jesus answered him, What do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, the blind man told him, I want to see. Go your way, Jesus told him. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he could see and began to follow him on the road. Our first task will be, as we attempt to analyze this passage, is to harmonize two discrepancies, alleged or apparent discrepancies, in the synoptic passages, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Mark, we see that Jesus and the disciples came to Jericho, and as he went out from Jericho... They saw blind Bartimaeus. Matthew says, as they went out from Jericho, a bunch of people followed him, and they saw two blind men. And then in Luke, it says, as they came into Jericho, they saw blind Bartimaeus. All right, so the two things are this. First of all is, did they heal blind Bartimaeus on the way out from Jericho, as Matthew and Mark say, or did did Jesus heal blind Bartimaeus on the way into Jericho, as it says in Luke? That's the first harmonization problem. The second harmonization problem is Mark and Luke only mention one man. Mark gives him a name, blind Bartimaeus, or Timaeus, Bartimaeus, and Luke just says a blind beggar. But Matthew says there were two blind men who were healed. All right, how do we reconcile this? Actually, it's not as hard as you might think. Well, we'll first start off with the two. Blind Bartimaeus actually was a guy who was a, a, a kind of an a aggressive, I shouldn't say aggressive, assertive guy. He throws off his cloak. He's crying, Jesus, 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 have mercy on me, son of David. The other guy probably just was, round, was, was with Blind Bartimaeus, quiet. He was blind, quiet, and not as aggressive as Bartimaeus. And so Mark and Luke just tell the story of Blind Bartimaeus being healed, whereas Matthew mentions the fact that his companion was healed also. So that's not a big problem. Now, the reconciliation of the problems of Mark and Matthew saying that Bartimaeus was healed as Jesus left Jericho, whereas Luke says he was healed as Jesus went into Jericho, that sounds like a difficult problem. And I can hear the skeptics. I can hear the liberal Protestants. I can hear the errantists. I can hear them all saying, See there, the Bible's got errors in it. Well, actually, no. The simplest way to... to harmonize this is from an historical fact. Herod built a new city of Jericho. The old city had fallen into disuse and Herod the great builder had built up another city of Jericho probably to the south of the old city of Jericho. So Matthew and Mark, they're talking about going into the old Jericho when they came, excuse me, going out from the old Jericho when they came to Jericho as he went out from Jericho in Mark 10 verse 46. And in Matthew chapter 20, verse 29, as they went out from Jericho, that's the old Jericho. And then in Luke, they met blind Bartimaeus. And then in Luke 18, verse 35, and it came to pass as they drew nigh unto the new Jericho. So blind Bartimaeus was in between the two Jerichos. Blind Bartimaeus is between the old Jericho and the new Jericho. And as Jesus leaves the old Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, he meets blind Bartimaeus, heals him. Then he heads on into the new Jericho. It's not a problem at all. There's other ways to reconcile it, too. You could say that the request to heal Jesus was on his way in to Jericho, and then as he went out from Jericho, he he held off on the request to heal until he came out and saw him again and and healed him on the way out. But I think the old Jericho and new Jericho is the best way to reconcile that. All right, let's look at some other minor differences between the parallel passages. Luke Chapter 18, verse 36 says this And hearing a multitude going by, he inquired what this meant, and they told him. So we find out that blind Bartimaeus, the way he knew that Jesus was going by was because of the crowd. There was a bunch of people following Jesus, getting ready to, they were getting ready for Palm Sundays. What they were getting ready for, getting ready to proclaim him as Messiah, and he's saying, What's going on with all this noise? And that's how he found out. Mark has an extra passage. It says, And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good cheer, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, sprang up and came to Jesus. So in that little detail, we find out that blind Bartimaeus, is a he, he's not intimidated too much by his blindness. He ran to Jesus. He called out to Jesus, and then when he found out Jesus had heard him, he ran to Jesus. Casting away his garment means he was just in a big hurry. There's another little difference, too. Mark says that Jesus said to the crowd, Call blind Bartimaeus to come. And then in Matthew, it says Jesus called. He didn't ask the crowd to call, but Jesus called. And then in Luke, it says Jesus commanded him to be brought unto him. In other words, he commanded the crowd to bring Bartimaeus in. Well, that just means that Matthew left out that intermediate causal agent. He called them. He called them by asking the crowd to call him. That's no big deal. Now, Matthew, Mark and Luke have two significant entries here. They say that Jesus tells blind Bartimaeus after healing him, thy faith hath made thee whole. Luke says the same thing, receive thy sight, thy faith hath made thee whole. Matthew doesn't mention it. Well, that's important. We'll talk about the role of faith in this healing as we go through the exposition. And finally, Luke adds this phrase, after the crowd saw that blind Bartimaeus had received a sight, or excuse me, after blind Bartimaeus received his sight, he followed Jesus, glorifying God, and all the people glorified God. When they saw it, they gave praise unto God. So we see the praise that follows from a divine miracle in Luke. So we can profitably look at the parallels here to get the full picture. So let's start out with Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and go through and point out some things. First of all, the town of Jericho, let's say a little bit about it. It was, according to my NIV study Bible, about five miles west of the Jordan River and about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem, not too far away from Jerusalem. What did Jesus do in Jericho? All of this, of course, is not recorded in Mark. He met Zacchaeus and called him to his ministry. That's the story of the the short man who climbed a tree in order to see Jesus. You remember that story? He delivered the parable concerning a, a nobleman going into a far country. And as I mentioned earlier, the old city was largely abandoned at the time of Jesus. The old Jericho, the new Jericho was south of the the old Jericho and had been built by Herod the Great. as I also mentioned, this large crowd that was following Jesus, they were probably going to Jerusalem thinking Jesus was was going to set up a temporal kingdom. They're all excited until he got crucified and they kind of disappeared. And then the Pentecost came and they came back again. Now blind Bartimaeus calls out, Have mercy on us, Son of David. What is Son of David? That is a standard Messianic term, which means that blind Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And you will notice that the crowds told him to keep quiet. But blind Bartimaeus and the other blind man, but blind Bartimaeus probably representing the other man, cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, Son of David. That didn't stop him. Now this shows the faith that this man had because he did not let, he's a blind man, and blind men are weak. They have no status. They have no money. They're just weak. They're disabled. And yet he cried out all the more when the people told him, be quiet. Don't bother the Messiah. He's getting ready to set up his messianic kingdom. He's a big shot. He's the king. And who are you? You're just a lousy beggar. You don't have any money. You're begging. You, you can't see. And here you are bothering the great teacher. Now you would think that was shut somebody up. It might have shut blind Bartimaeus' companion up, but it didn't shut him up. He just kept crying out, all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, who in the crowd told blind Bartimaeus to keep quiet? Actually, there's a couple of options on this. One is they could have been friends of Jesus who thought that the Messiah shouldn't be bothered by two worthless beggars. Maybe the crowd thought they were asking for alms. They're begging for alms. You know how tiresome that can be because you never know whether the alms givers deserve alms or not i've learned this in china i've met so many beggars and i've been smitten with so much guilt uh problems when i didn't give them money Then when i did give them money you know you you want you find out later and that there's band, bands of beggars going around with beggar pimps i call them people who or in charge of these little bands of children going out and begging money. It's just you just don't know what to do. So I'm sure the people were disgusted with all the begging for alms, maybe. They might not have realized it needed to be healed, although I don't know how they could really not think of that because Jesus had done all kinds of healing and they they were blind. So that seems like that would be a logical thing they were asking for. Now, if that's true, that shows that these friends of Jesus were pretty callous to be friends of Jesus and not want the God to go to Jesus to get his eyes healed. Or it could be they just thought he was begging for money. But even then, that's callous. It could be that these rebukers who told blind Bartimaeus to keep quiet, it could be they were enemies of Jesus, not friends. They didn't like the people calling him son of David, because that's a messianic title. And they thought Jesus was a fraud, an imposter, a blasphemer, blasphemer, and not a Messiah. And so they got angry and said, shut up, don't call him the son of David. Well, whoever it was, doesn't matter. Blind Bartimaeus kept right on calling. Adam Clark says this, Whenever a soul cries out to Jesus, the world tries to drown him out. Ain't that the truth? Now, the application point of this story of Blind Bartimaeus is one that you can get from a lot of stories of Jesus' healing. For example, the Syrophoenician woman, he put her off. He didn't just hop out of the bottle like a genie out of a bottle and say, yeah, I'll heal your demon-possessed daughter. He said, no, you're a Gentile I came to the, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not to the Gentiles. So he put her off and made her profess her faith in him and saying, I'm just a dog, feed me the crumbs from your table. You can see this over and over again. Faith becomes because of opposition and trials. Remember when Jesus said, come out and walk on the water. He demanded faith. He demanded action from Peter. Why? Because he was trying to drown him? No, he was trying to build his faith. How about when Philip looked at Jesus and said, and Jesus looked at Philip and said, You know, there's 5,000 people out here in the wilderness. How about go get some bread for him? He knew doggone well Philip couldn't find find bread for 5,000 people. In fact, the Greek in John says, testing him. I remember that word because it struck me when I saw it. I said, ah, testing. He tested Philip, testing his faith, trying to make it stronger. And you notice that Jesus asked the blind Bartimaeus, the blind beggar. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Well, you know, I'm sure Jesus knew what. Bartimaeus needed he was blind <laughs> what do you want me to do for you you know Jesus, Jesus is not stupid he can look at him and see he's blind but what he's trying to do he's trying to build his faith he's trying to get blind Bartimaeus to state I want you to re- to heal my eyes I want I want to see again by stating what he thought that Jesus could do that built his faith and as a result blind Bartimaeus and the beggar that was with him they say Lord open our eyes moved with compassion And remember, this is not just Jesus healing out of rote, healing out of muscle memory, healing because he's done so much of it before, healing to do signs to point out that the kingdom of God is coming, all of which is true, of course. But this little phrase, moved with compassion, it was in another healing I just talked about. I can't remember where it was. That One of the synoptic parallels said that the healing was done with compassion. Immediately they could see and followed him. Notice the touching of the eyes there. That communicates to the blind man that Jesus is communicating with him. He didn't spit, at least it doesn't record that he spit on the eyes like he did in another healing. And it wasn't like the time when Jesus said, heal the man and it wasn't healed immediately. He saw trees, men as trees walking as his eyesight gradually came into focus. Here it just says immediately they saw again. That's, I mean, you know, you can't put, you can't come up with a formula for healing. A lot of them are are quite different. And as a result of their seeing again, did they run off and say, we can see? No, they followed him. They said, we want to follow you. So they not only saw, they followed Jesus. Now this healing of blind men's eyes, this is a sign of the Messiah. Isaiah 35, 5, that great chapter in Isaiah, says this, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The blind men might have actually known Isaiah's prophecy, which would encourage their faith, although I sort of doubt that, the being blind and beggars, I, they might not be all that learned in the law, but at any rate, Jesus is, is fulfilling the Messianic kingdom. Now, what I just said about their, uh, Jesus is trying to build their faith, this is confirmed in two of the parallel passages, in Mark ten fifty two and Luke eighteen forty two. Jesus told blind Bartimaeus, your faith has healed you, your faith has healed you. Now, that's the same phrase he said in Matthew 9, 29, when he healed two other guys that were blind. He said, let it be done for you according to your faith. Likewise, when the woman with the issue of blood for 12, I think it was 12 years, 15, I can't, the woman with the issue of blood for a long, long time touched him and Jesus said, let it be done according to your faith. That is sort of a phrase that he constantly said, which shows that faith if you want Jesus to do something, the more you believe in him, the more he does. Now, I know that that is a staple teaching of the hyperfaith message which is heresy. I know that, but you know all heretics take truth and they pervert it. The way that the hyperfaith heretics pervert that truth is they say, "Well, you got the more faith you have, the more Jesus to do." And what is faith? Well, it's faith in our faith. And they and they look at faith as some kind of entity inside their chest. And they say, see, we've got to build that faith up in there. And they don't focus on Jesus. They focus on laws, impersonal laws, and, and, and uh, psychological states, what your psychological state is. How much do I believe? How much do I believe? How much do I feel like I believe? And then, of course, all that internal faith is built up by positive confessions. We never say anything negative. Well, that doctrine is the easiest thing in the world to refute. It's Christian science. It's nonsense. There's lots of positive, so-called, how about, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Is that a negative confession? And Jesus healed. I forgot who he healed. That who, well, I think that was the father of the epileptic demon, if I remember correctly. Help my unbelief. That's a negative confession. But Jesus still, he still responded to the man and, and gave him what he wanted, did a miraculous healing. So it's not faith in our faith, or faith in our positive confessions, but it's faith in Jesus and what he can do and what he wants to do. So when Jesus says your faith has healed you, that is a shorthand way of saying your faith in me has healed you it does not mean faith in your faith and faith in your positive confessions i had a good friend of mine who used to be in that hyper faith movement he and he told me one time he says that is the most heinous doctrine that has ever come out in church history and i love that word heinous because it's not a word that's used very often but i said what a way to describe these people they are they're heretics but remember all heretics have got a truth and what happens when they abuse the truth then you run away from it So we don't want to run away from faith. It's everywhere in the scriptures. I can say the same thing about prosperity. Prosperity as defined not as getting rich and buying a yacht and an airplane, but prosperity in the sense of success is what the word actually means. That's in the Bible. And I know the prosperity teachers have really screwed that one up to where you almost want to go out and preach poverty. The faith people make you want to go out and preach doubt and unbelief, and the prosperity preachers want to make you preach poverty in reaction. But we don't want to react. We don't want to, Martin Luther said the history of of the world is of a drunk man walking down a corridor, bouncing off of one wall, and then going to the opposite wall, and bouncing off of it, and coming back to the first wall again, reacting. We don't want to react, we need to act and see what the scripture says, and over and over again. How about when Peter said, when uh, Jesus said, Peter, get out of the boat and walk. He was testing his faith to make it larger, and although Peter halfway past the test and halfway failed jesus was very gracious very gracious he picked him up put him back in the boat but he he called out his faith and so here these men show that they believed that jesus was going to heal him because they threw off his cape blind bartimaeus did he ran to him he called out son of david son of david have mercy on us and then the crowds told him to shut up and then he just yelled even louder that's faith and by the way another thing you don't do is just to do something to manufacture the faith The actions that blind Bartimaeus did were a result, a fruit of his faith that he already had. He didn't do the actions, the activities, in order to manufacture the faith in his heart. Ooh, I've done that one before. That's a no-no. That's a bad mistake. One last point before we leave Mark chapter 10. Notice that after blind Bartimaeus was healed, what resulted? He and the crowds gave glory to God. That's what healing does, especially a big miraculous healing like, like that. I never forget the time I saw this young girl who was basically blind they let her into a room it was a living room in Sumter, South Carolina. I was in college, height of the charismatic movement, and somebody prayed for her and I you know I, to be honest with you, I didn't have enough faith that that girl could see and all of a sudden she starts crying out saying, "I can see, I can see." You don't think that I gave glory to God when I saw that? Yes, sir. Contrast that with the attitude of the crypto deist cessationist, who are very good at finding fake healings but totally blind when true miracles are done right in front of their eyes with credible testimony. They wouldn't see a miracle if it twice bit them in their fanny. All has to do with attitude, my friends. Are we going to glorify God when he does miracles? Are we going to say, nah, he doesn't do miracles today? Choice is yours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have finished this short discussion of the healing of blind Bartimaeus, and we finished Mark chapter 10. We'll start with Mark chapter 11 in the next audio. I hope you enjoyed this one.